Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kibowitz. Welcome to episode 94. My name is Scott Wyden-Kibowitz, and I'm joined by my guest, Christine Tremelay. Hey, Christine. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back on the show. <laughs> yeah. You were a guest number two back, in, uh, I guess, three years ago, four years ago. I don't even know how long it's been. But um, so, you know, obviously, we've talked a lot since then, but, um, you know, our guests haven't seen your face or heard from you, uh, or our listeners rather, um, um, in since episode two. So, um, or unless there's unless there are you know. Oh, we did another. We did another episode in the middle for the WordPress anniversary. Did we? Oh, okay. I'll have to look at which we? which episode that was. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, you know what? And I think I think we did that to tell a little bit of the backstory about WordPress. So, so with that. Um, for those who don't know, Christine actually did name WordPress in 2003. She um, knows Matt Mulliweg and helped him come up with a name. And for those who don't know, Matt was the original developer of WordPress. And now obviously there's thousands and thousands of people who develop WordPress. But <laughs> Thousands. Um, thousands. So Christine is a brand photographer for speakers and coaches and also a coach for photographers. She launched her photo business in 2007 and also named WordPress in 2003. <laughs> um, <laughs> she came from a digital strategy background in the photo industry. She believes in the power of supporting local to grow your business. And she is now the founder of InstaLocal and the InstaLocal Prompt Planner and the Photographer's Inner Circle. She is also uh, has a new podcast coming out soon. Now, by the time that this episode airs, the podcast will probably be out already called Reframe Success. So first, welcome to the show, Christine. And two, I'm going to ask you what's going on with you. But really, I want to know more about Reframe Success. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I mean, actually what you summed up is what's going on with me. I've been traveling a lot recently um, with my photography work. I have clients all over, um, which is a little ironic because I believe in the power of local. Um, so I do have local clients, but I have traveled recently pretty extensively with one client in particular for most of it, including going to France and uh, Southern France. Everybody always thinks I met Paris. I actually, we went to Nice and Cannes and um, a day trip to Monaco, nice, et cetera. Um, and then I also went out to Palm Springs uh, for to photograph a conference that she put on. So that's been really fun. I've spent a lot of time traveling recently. And um, Reframe Success, I learned a lesson several years ago from a friend of mine when I was talking about my vision for success, which for me at the time included, you know, hitting higher in the six figures and so forth, growing my business more. And she apologized to me. And she told me, she was like, that's not, she's like, that's not my vision of success. She's like, I don't, I don't want that at all. This is what I want my photography business to look like. Um, she was 
still doing some teaching at the time and she wanted to be able to just work certain times of the year. And essentially she wanted her photography business to just be a part-time addition. She wanted the summers off so she could be with her kids who were still young at the time. And it made me realize that what success looks like for you and what success looks like for me and what success looks like for the next person, it's completely different for every single one of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's so important to talk about, you know, what does success look like? Because I don't, I don't feel that she was, she's not unsuccessful in her business. She's exactly successful. She's Mm -hmm. hitting her goals. Just her goals aren't mine. And, um, and then also to, to discuss like, what are the things that we do to make us successful? How do we get to achieving our own success in our photography business? Great. So, that sounds like a great, a great podcast. Um, yeah. A lot of business yeah. tips, a lot of um, life, <laughs> life, life tips. I, yeah. um, I used to say, I, I feel like in a way I'm a business life coach. Like I'm not a life coach in any way. I don't sit and help people have better lives, but I want them to have a better business life so that they make more money. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm I can't wait till that launches because uh, you know, I have my my vision for success. Um and it's probably far different than so many others, um, which, you know, like you said, everybody has their own vision of it. And uh, so I'll be interested to hear what others think and how they got there. And maybe I'll be able to take some of those strategies and use it for my own. So, and you know, I even want to talk about like, what are the struggles that we hit along the way? Yeah. Because it's not always easy. And um, a lot of times we talk about the easy part, but we don't talk about the hard part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I can't wait to have you on as a guest. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. I look forward to it. <laughs> We're going to talk about your vision of success. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, in that, in that little, uh, intro about the podcast, you mentioned how you've been traveling a lot, but, um, your, your, your big, your big focus is teaching about local connections. So can you talk about how, destination photographers, whether weddings or personal brand photographers or whatever they are, that do travel a lot. Um, Why should they consider local marketing and should it be where they are or should it be where their preferred clients are? Yes. Um, (laughs) That was actually a yes to the like, yes, it should be where they are and where their preferred clients are. But for the majority of photographers, even if we have a destination type of business, we, our bread and butter is still normally where we are located. Um, when I was photographing weddings full-time several years ago, I, I did a lot of destination weddings. I probably did one a month, sometimes two a month. Okay, maybe not that many. I do know that there was one year where I had eight destination weddings. Several of those people found me though, because I'm based in Houston. So they were researching like flying a photographer in and where for their destination, where was it less expensive to fly a photographer in from? 
And Houston's a great hub city for that. So people actually found me for destination work because of where I was based. Um, another point is to get into talking about like talking about yourself becomes a little bit easier if one of the topics you talk about is where you live. Right. If that is a character in your story. Yep. So yeah. even if I work with you, I still care about where you live. Even if you're coming to me in Houston, I want to know something about you. And so having that network helps. And if most destination photographers that you talk to, this goes back to like the honest truth, like destination work is amazing and glamorous and glorious and everybody thinks it's so incredible. And it is, it's also really tiring and very exhausting. And I found for me that like, and I love to travel. I mean, I just spent eight weeks gone from no nine from gone, but I, I, there hits a point where you don't want to travel much more than that mm -hmm. unless you are specifically living a nomadic lifestyle, which right. I do know people that have done that, but those are, I mean, that's, that's not the norm for most people's lives. Right. <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah. We all want to do it, but that's not the norm. So you really do have a home base, no matter what. And talking about it is beneficial. Now, the, would you want to market in your area or the area you're trying to go to? depends on if you've picked just one area that you want to go to. Um, and in, in reality, um, yes, Instagram is going to be super helpful for that, but your blog will be as well because Google's going to index your blog. Right. Right. So, um, speaking of Instagram, uh, I think there's a, a common misconception about the power of followers. Um, so I have, I think like somewhere around, somewhere around, uh, 2000 yeah. followers on Instagram, something like that, maybe three, something like that. I don't know. Um, and it's been effective in some ways, in some ways it hasn't. Um, I'm sure I'm not being as strategic as I can be, um, for my photography business. And so I'm wondering if the misconception is real or fake myth or true that you need 10,000 followers or more to really see some success on Instagram. I believe that that is one of the biggest myths hurting our industry. I've known people personally had one-on-one -on -one in face conversations with them, you know, the behind the scenes things that they're never going to post on social media. I've known people that have 40, 50, 60,000 followers that don't have full calendars. So like it, They've got tons of followers, but those followers are global. This is actually part of how the whole Insta local thing all came together. I realized their followers are everywhere around the world and they're following them and they're loving what they're putting out, but they're not necessarily coming to where they're at and booking them or flying them to them and booking them. They're just admiring their work. Right, right. And that's awesome, but that's that strategy that we talk about. I, I real I don't care how many followers you can't have. I care how many are converting. Yeah. And how yeah, full then, is your calendar? And, yeah. And how do you get those people who are, are lurking and liking all your stuff to actually 
book you for something or buy from right. you some, from some, something you're selling. Right. Um, and I mean, if your goal is to, I, I'm talking averages here. Somebody always pops up and says, I run a studio and we have a hundred clients a day. And I'm like, cool. You're not the average photographer, professional <laughs> photographer. So we're going to talk, we're talking to the majority here. I realize there are outliers. This is may not apply to you outliers. I understand. <laughs> Let me just, I love, I, I just like, I always feel like I need a disclaimer. This might not be you, but for the rest of us, if you're a portrait photographer, what do you want? 150 clients a year? You know, maybe, I mean, I, I know that there are some people that do multiple sessions a day, et cetera. Most of us don't. So maybe you want hundred clients a year. Do you need 10,000 followers to get to hundred clients? No, you need a hundred people following you that are yeah. engaged and interested. Heck, if you're, if you're a brand photographer, you potentially need five followers and five clients. <laughs> you're done. I mean, I mean, that's actually my, my personal goal. You know, I have two, I have three clients that I would call like my super clients that I photograph them multiple times a year. I've already got mm -hmm. things booked into next year where I'm going to be at events that they're speaking at. I'm photographing them speaking. I do their brand sessions so that they have collateral for their websites. Um, but aside from that, I only maybe want 10 other followers and I mean, 10 other clients. And some of those clients just come from association. They see the photos that they like and they say, Hey, who took them? And right. then I've, I, that's how I ended up going to France was that. So nice. um, now again, so let's say you want hundred clients a year or 25 clients a year, you're a wedding photographer. Um, so that's really 50 clients, but 25 weddings. Mm -hmm. To get to 50, do you need maybe 500 people to see you? You don't need 10 thousand I, right. I just so often that number is tossed around and I get it you get the cool swipe up feature in insta stories <laughs> yeah. but yep. the game of using Instagram also completely changes when you tip that number yeah. like how Instagram shows your post to people how right. it's you um so so many people just they we toss that number around as if like it's this mythical number my business will suddenly be, be busy once I get there and then we spend a lot of time without a strategy to get people to see our work. Um, to, uh, two things. One, to, to uh, address that swipe up thing that you mentioned. Um, for those who don't know, when you hit 10,000 followers, you can cr um, create a, a story and have it swipe up and then go to the link. Um, there is a, a hack workaround for it, which I'll briefly touch on. Um, you can create a regular story, uh, an uh, IGTV video right. and and in there you can put a link and then from your story you can actually make a swipe up to your IG store uh, IGTV and then somebody can click from there so it's kind of and you can use emojis to like point to the link and stuff you, like that you have to be willing to record video though yes 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 you definitely or i mean you can you could if you want to take the time you can make a you your make own a video show? without you want yeah so there's things you could do um yeah. obviously it's much easier if you just have a you know uh right. swipe up but but you know there's work. Um, the other thing is you mentioned uh, a little, just a little bit about how in, that, that's how InstaLocal came to be. Could you talk a little bit about what InstaLocal is? Oh, for many years, 
And this is actually, we've talked about this on previous podcast episodes for many years. People ask me, how did I get so fully booked my first year in business? And I've always credited my blog. I've always said, you know, it was because of having a blog and that people found my work that way, et cetera. And um, I kept having this conversation about the 10,000 followers thing. Like, do we really need that? And how I believe that that's a huge myth. And as I started looking back, I realized now back then Twitter was not the cesspool of craziness that Twitter is now. Twitter back then, I feel is much more like the power of Instagram today, where you could post things and you could talk to local people and you can make local connections. And I realized it wasn't just my blog. It was my activity in the social space where I was networking with other people. I was connecting with them. I was talking to them pretty regularly. I was celebrating them. I was you know, posting about them, not me, on Twitter. And I've always told people, uh, you know, go do blog posts about local businesses, talk up things that are local. But it just sort of all coalesced together earlier this year where I was like, wait, that's the entire strategy. Like, go to Instagram, connect with local businesses, talk about local people, um, share that you're doing things in your market, share things that your ideal client might be interested in. Um, I always talk about my neighborhood. My neighborhood is amazing. I love my neighborhood. I live in the Heights in Houston. So I might go shop at 19th Street, which is, um, as my neighborhood's over 100 years old. So 19th Street would have been like the main street years ago. Um, it still is. That's where all the shopping stores are. You know, all the stores, all, there's several restaurants there. So I might, I might do Insta story features every Sunday of local businesses. But what happens when you talk about somebody that's a local business, they see it and they get really excited and they share it because they love that somebody's talking about them. We're photographers. We have the skills. We can go take good photos and we can share about them and we can connect with these people and build up our network of people talking about us all through Instagram and still use your blog because that's what Google indexes. <laughs> you know, like any long post that you create on Instagram, you can turn into a blog post. Yeah, so that, that was going to be my next thing. So we, we all know that social media is a risky source of, of, of content, of, of, of making it your single source of content. Right. Um, because, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of, of Facebook, of Instagram, of Twitter, of LinkedIn, of Pinterest. You're at the mercy of them. You post it. They might not own the copyright of the text or the images that you post, but they own that content. It's theirs. Right. So, and they so can pull it. They can pull when, it when they want. And not only that, but we've seen in the photography industry, we've seen reports of people's accounts being pulled. Not just the post, the entire account gone. People with hundreds of thousands of followers gone like that. Yeah. So it is good to rely on your own website as the single source of content, but also to share those in in all the, like, not just Instagram, all the places that your clients are at, yeah. right? Rep repurposing your content yes. back and forth, best thing ever. Yeah. Get off the content treadmill and yep. just write it once and then reuse it a lot of yeah. times. Uh, I always like to think of, sometimes I'm feeling more inspired on Instagram. I may have just read right. something. Um, 
it goes back to that question, you know, people are, sometimes they're intimidated about blogging. So I might feel more comfortable writing that whole caption out for Instagram, but you know, copy it, paste it back on your website, make it a micro. I mean, we've sort of, we've gotten so into how do I get the perfect SEO for my website that things like micro blogging don't seem to be as prevalent as they were, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And I mean, to, to do a, do a micro blog, let's say you do want to use your Instagram as your micro blog, you can create a detailed blog post on your website that is good for SEO, that's educational for your clients and things like that. And then take, make little bullet points of, of takeaways from it. And then there's your micro blog for Instagram, right? Right. Um, and, and that micro blog could be in the form of stories, could be in the form of, of your feed. Um, IGTV, whatever it is. I don't, I, do you think IGTV is going to last? <laughs> I think it will. You think it will? I think it will. Uh, but here's, so let's say we have this great, amazing blog post. It's got all the SEO in the world and it's, you know, 2000 words long and everything else. Can't you stick a blog post or two in between those posts that are just, here's one photo and a little description oh, for yeah. today? Yep. I mean, so like that's, I think we get, we start to make that every, every blog post has to be this great cornerstone content. They, they don't, you can right. slide these in between. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I mean, heck you could, you could actually post if you, I mean, you could cross post and, and say, you know, this, this is the blurb. Um, and this is the photo and you could also view this photo on Instagram if you'd like, you know, right. and send people back to Instagram to like it there. Um, you could even right. embed the image from Instagram if you want, or you could do, here's the photo. And then on Instagram, here's the behind the scenes from the photo. And that's on Instagram. Right. Yeah. There's so many things you could There's do. There's so many things you could do yeah. to like cross populate this content. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out that as a, um, anybody who's got a brand that, um, they, so somebody like you or I, who also teaches photography, right? We're photographers, but we also have our own brands from the education space. We should be doing more and more of what Gary Vaynerchuk does, but on a smaller scale, scale because we don't have billions of dollars. <laughs> I um, don't want somebody following me around every day, well, filming right. me and stuff. Yeah. And I have, okay, some days I do want to yell at the camera, but I don't need to all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I'm referring to is, is, coming up with a piece of content and then you've got a little audio piece that you're throwing onto a, a mini podcast. You've got um, a piece that you're doing on video and putting it on Instagram. Another piece that's a little bit longer that you're putting on YouTube or LinkedIn or, um, and then you're making a, like a, a tall graphic for Pinterest all related to that one piece of content. Photographers can do this and brands can do I this. I say photographers can absolutely do this oh, yeah. and, and they're not. Yeah. That, like really important point. They're not. Yeah. Um, it's almost like we slide into this hole of thinking, well, I'm just a photographer. Yes, but you're an expert at being photographed. And for know, most of the world, being photographed is the most intimidating thing ever. Yeah. So it, you have so many tips that people want to know. They want to know that you're the expert. And it's not as easy as just saying, I'm the expert at photography in, the, in my market. They need proof. And 
also everybody else can just walk in and say that they're an expert. So what are you an expert at? Why, why you? Which actually brings me to another really good Instagram point. Mm -hmm. For a lot of us, because we're photographers and we have a lot of photographer friends, those are a lot of the people that we follow on Instagram. And a lot of the posts that we comment on are our friend photographer posts. Right. Those friends are probably not booking you. Right. And every action that you take on Instagram is telling the algorithm something. So if you're constantly, if all you follow is 2,000 other photographers and you just talk to other photographers about other photography things and, um, and the only people commenting on your stuff as other photographers, you are limiting who in your yeah. local market is seeing your work. That, and so really you should be surrounding yourself with the people that you want to book you, right. not, not with your friends and your family. Right. And, I always you know, tell it's, people it's, like have two Instagram accounts, yeah. have your personal account. And this is the one where you follow all your friends and you do all the things and then have an account that is specific to your market who are businesses and potential customers that you follow, you meet, you connect with, you comment on their posts and your following count may not be as high, but it's also not artificially inflated by right. all the photographers that are yeah. following you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I, I've always been in the mindset and I still am that it, I find, and it's partially because I run the, the Imagely uh, Instagram account and I run the other stuff and I've got like five or six Instagram accounts I'm running all at all given time that I don't want a separate one for myself because I already have too many that I have to deal with. Right. Um, so I'm always been, I've always been the mindset like one's good, but I get the benefit of having the, well, the, the other one. You actually are doing it just not the way that you expect because I bet that like you can sit and go through the Imagely account and get a lot of inspiration because that's, mm -hmm. everybody, that's everybody's pushback is, well, I use Instagram for inspiration and I'm like, cool have an inspire, you know, have an account where you go to yeah. inspiration. Yep. Maybe you're not even that active on it. It's just so that you can easily get to the feed. Um, and then have your, uh, your business account. Yeah. Which is yes. Focused on your market and your ideal client. Yep. Yeah. So my own, my own, my Scott Wyden Instagram account is only for my photography business. Um, I have, I use the feed for, um, for clients, and then I use the IG stories and uh, IGTV and Instagram stories for my education side of the business. Um, so I separate. And the, I mean, those I two. post personal things on my Instagram account all the time. I'm not saying don't post personal yeah. things. I do all the time, but I do yeah. it thinking that my future client wants to know yeah. about me personally. Yeah, it's not just you know all mixed together. Yeah, yeah. The way I do that is it's like photos of my daughter, for example, and then I tie that into um, family photos, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, we now know who we want to surround ourselves with on, uh, on Instagram. My last question to you are, are there any strategies that you have? And I asked the same question to uh, Devin Robinson uh, two, ep two episodes ago. Uh, what's this? So, it's episode 92. Um, any strategies to find those people? Um, so my favorite strategy is actually not to find those people, but to be found by those people mm -hmm. using you, properly using hashtags. 
and using local hashtags. Um, a lot of times I will do uh, Instagram account audits with people and we'll sit down, we'll look at their account and every post that they use has hashtag weddings, mm. which I haven't looked recently. I, I'm off the top of my head. We're going to say that that hashtag has been used like a hundred, 300 million times. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's so used that if that's the only hashtag you're putting on your post, it's going to get lost in a sea of posts in seven seconds. Like it, no one is ever going to see your post using that hashtag. So if you sit down and you look at what are other local businesses using, what are some, so, uh, you know, what are some hashtags that people are using in Houston that tie into what I do? Um, and then using them, using hashtags with a lower use count so that there's a hope that somebody will ever see your post because they're not going to see it. If that hashtag is used a million times, you're probably not ever going to be seen. But if I use hashtag support local Houston, it's going to be seen. Yeah. Instagram is also not dumb. I mean, like, they are constantly building it. It's constantly growing. It's getting smarter by the day. That's a little terrifying. They're all going to take over someday. Uh, it's getting <laughs> smarter by the day. So if you use hashtags on your photo that have nothing to do with your photo, your caption, they're not going to reward you for that behavior. So yeah. don't be like, oh, this is a popular hashtag. I'm just going to stick it on my post and, and see what pops. Now, if I use support local Houston and I'm talking about a local business, Instagram knows what those words mean and that it will reflect probably what I'm posting about. For, for the record, wet, uh, hashtag weddings has just shy of 20 million posts. Okay. Well, that's a little bit better than I thought it was because I was thinking it was <laughs> 200 million. 20 million still, uh, that's a lot of posts. Like, yep. People are constantly using it. You're not going to be found. And again, that goes into that global versus local. You want to use a mix of those hashtags. Sure, you want to use some things that everybody uses that people might be searching on. But you also want to use things that people right in your market might be searching for. Yeah. Um, so do you, ha do you, when you look for hashtags, are you literally just browsing Instagram or do you have a tool that you, uh, recommend that you use for it and we, we've talked about one that i use um uh, but i'm curious what what you recommend for hashtag research i i always just start out with browsing instagram because the nice thing about it is instagram will say oh you're interested in this hashtag here's here's my suggestions right. and i want to know what instagram suggestions are um until you told me that there was a tool for it i didn't realize. Well, I know that you know, some of the schedulers will make suggestions of what you should use. I feel like sometimes the schedulers make suggestions again of those big global hashtags. They don't realize that you're trying to focus locally. Mm -hmm. um, because at the core of it, that's it. Like so many things out there teach us to use Instagram as if we were commodities and global influencers. Like I'm not trying, I'm not a commodity. You, I, I can't be folded up and put into a box and shipped to seven different places at one time. I'm not a commodity. So our strategy for using Instagram is, has to be really different. And so when I looked at a lot of 
the schedulers and the hashtags that they were suggesting, I was like, well, those are great, but they're global. These functions are built for people that are really dealing with commodities, not a service like us. Yeah. So, but I do want to hear about the one that you use because I know you've said that you've used it with great, like with good results. Yes. Yeah, so um, what I use is SmartHash. I talked about this in uh, with Devin as well in episode 92. Um, and uh, I actually, if you go to episode 92's show notes, you'll see a link to a video that I did on SmartHash as well. Um, but long story short, it does have a uh, has a few things with hashtags. Hashtag research to show you what um, has been working for other people. And you can dig, dig in, and it uses a, it's a heat map app. So... Um, red is like super hot. It's on fire. Use that gray <laughs> as it fades from, from, you know, to orange to yellow to gray. Gray is like do nothing <laughs> for anybody. Um, so you can browse, uh, specific hashtags. You can dig into related hashtags to a hashtag. Um, doesn't give you stats on those hashtags, but it does just tell you how a good is doing. And then, um, you could also go and create your own hashtag sets and split test hashtags to see what works best for you. And with a, with a heat map, um, so there's and all, and you could do a lot more than that, but yeah. You, we need to remind people. I feel like I always have to say this over and over. Using mm -hmm. hashtag sets, awesome, awesome. Use hashtag sets, but notice it's sets. It's not one set. Like right. Don't copy and paste the exact same hashtags on every single post that you're using because Instagram's like, thanks, cyborg. I'm not. I don't care. You know, it, it starts to. <laughs> It, it will impact your, your being seen. Yeah. So don't come. I mean, yes, you can use these sets and sometimes I shuffle things around or I pull a few out and put a few in and you know, ch change things up, but don't use the exact same 27 hashtags on every single post that you make verbatim. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to, you want to um, definitely change it up. Um, <laughs> And that's one of the things that that uh, that smart hash does is you right. literally you hit split test and every time you do it, it's going to use a different group for you. Um, and like I can tell right now, like my New Jersey, I have a New Jersey family hashtag set, which I'm looking at right now. And um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of them are doing stuff for me engagement wise. Mm -hmm. Whereas the rest that I have in here, which is probably a good 60 or so hashtags in this set are doing nothing, which means right now I should remove all those and stop focusing on it. Right. Um, and because they're not and working. They're not doing anything for me. One of them is doing a lot. Like one is red. Um, and then the next one's orange and the, the rest of the ones that are doing stuff are all yellow. Um, but again, well, and I, have I would a, keep some of the yellow ones. I would keep them. Oh yeah. I would keep, I, I'm keeping all the yellow ones. I would remove right. all the gray, all the gray ones. Um, yeah. And then of course, if you add new hashtags to that set, those are going to be gray until you start using it. So, don't just remove a gray one unless you know for sure you've used it. Right. Um, but I have like, I have a New Jersey family uh, set. I have a New Jersey cake smash set, which it actually is even doing better than the family one. Then I have a personal brand photography one, which is on fire. Like there's a lot of good ones there. Um, and then I have a general photography one, um, which I'm doing because uh, it's me as a, my own personal brand trying to get... Right. Sponsors. So <laughs> I, I, I use uh, sp other brands hashtags to, to get noticed. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my, that's, that's sort of my strategy is using um, that tool to find 
good hashtags um, to use. Which I know Instagram gives us a gift of the ability to put 30 hashtags on a post. Don't use just three, like use 20 or 30, use them. And you might use a hashtag that maybe it's only used 5,000 times, but you don't know, maybe it's a hashtag for a venue and your next client is looking for stuff on that venue and that's how they find you. You know, yeah. I, I, people can easily get really mired in what we're talking about right now, this like, do, you know, split testing and, you know, getting all the data and everything. If that freaks you out, just start simple. Just start using some hashtags. <laughs> you know, worry about that. Like that's your phase two. You know, that's, that's later. Just get using hashtags, get in front of your local market and stop panicking that you have to get to 10,000 followers that that's you know this magic crescendo i know people with 4,000 followers that have a waiting list of clients and people with you know like i said 50,000 followers that aren't even fully booked yeah yeah um so the last question i have for you is if you can explain what the uh, instalocal prompt planner is so what I did, so I have, I have a course on the full, like creating your Instagram strategy, like making the 18 minute a day strategy. But for some people, they're like, hey, I'm just barely in Instagram and I never know what to post. So I've created a, it's a, it's 365 prompts to help you come up with what you want to write. It is not fill in the blank. Like there's not, you know, here's this exact Thing that you're going to post and it's a formula but much more here's a topic go right on it I don't know about you but sometimes I just get stuck I open I hold the magic box in my hand of my phone and I wonder what on earth am I going to say today because all I've been doing today is you know sitting in my pajamas and editing okay not my pajamas but I do wear house <laughs> pants a lot when I'm at home so you know I haven't I haven't left my house and all day and I've just been editing all day and what am I going to say on Instagram that's exciting for people that's going to make somebody want to connect with me oh here's a, here's something I can use here's something if I sit down if I do if I pre-schedule using planner or planally or later or I just blanked buffer. on the buffer thank you <laughs> I was like I started to say buzzfeed and I'm like that's not right but it starts with a b yeah so <laughs> whatever you use if when if you feel stuck like what am I going to talk about in this post I'm scheduling they are prompts to help jog you to get you going um, and initially the uh, the first edition is a list that people can go in and edit they can write their stuff uh, you know maybe you work with an assistant virtual assistant or you have somebody on you know that does work for you that does your scheduling for you so you could write out what they should post and then they can schedule for you. Um, we're also adding a calendar version. So it actually looks like a calendar on January 7th. I should post X. Nice. That sounds amazing. Um, so I'm going to link to uh, both Instalocal and the uh, Prompt Planner and of course the Photographer's Inner Circle all in the show notes. Um, so I want to thank you, um, Christine, for joining me today. 
Thank I'm glad so uh, I did me. confirm it was episode 60. So you're on episode two and 60, which I will also link to in the show notes. So everybody can go back <laughs> and listen to those. Um, yeah, episode 60 was a 10th anniversary celebration where you and I hopped on and, and just celebrated WordPress being around 15th. for, for was it 15, 15 or 15 years? Yeah, yeah, 15 years. <laughs> um, uh, so tell the listeners, uh, well, even though I will link to it in the show notes. Anyway, tell the listeners the absolute best place to find more about you. Um, well, I'm glad you're linking to it because the best place to find me is at christinetremolay.com. And that, I know it's not easy to spell. Um, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. I, I share, that, I share that with easy. my last name, so yeah. no worries. Right? It's not yeah. easy to spell. I understand. I should, I should probably, I keep saying I'm going to register like a shorter URL for using on shows. But, mm. you know, and uh, the Insta Local information is at goinstalocal.com. Nice. Um, so you can find the show notes and where to find Christine at imagely.com slash podcast slash 94. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you again, Christine, for joining, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast. 